Hey, welcome to Slate Church. We are so glad to have you tuning in with us today. Uh, we are excited as lead pastors uh, that you would choose to join in and lean into what God has for you. If you don't know who I am, my name is Emma Richardson. I'm one of the lead pastors here alongside my husband, Brandon. We get to pastor together with Luke and Victoria Betger. Listen, if you are new to Slate Church, if you are just jumping in, we would love to connect with you. Why don't you fill out a connect card? There's going to be a button coming up in the chat there. Click on that, or you can go to slatechurch.com, fill out a connect card. We would love to get in touch with you. Maybe you just wanna get more involved here at Slate Church. Do that too, fill out a connect card and we will be in touch. Listen, we also wanna let you know that it is not too late to invite someone to join in today. Why don't you go ahead and click the button, invite somebody out to church. You never know what that impact is going to have, what that invite is going to have in someone's life. Listen, we are pumped for our service. So why don't you, wherever you are right now, why don't you just stand up, get ready to worship. It's gonna be a fantastic time and we are going to jump in together. So here's a song. There's a song that the spirit and it calls the heart to lie. It's an anthem in the making. Can you feel it start to rise? Can you hear the generations getting louder over time? Every son and every daughter singing out into the night. It's now time to be silent. Don't you dare hide your light. There's a world outside your window, so don't let it pass you by. Lift your hands. Yeah. 
Sometimes it is strong Holds break in a blink of an eye Death and all our sin Nowhere in sight For the Lord, He is alive See the lost return from the dead of tonight Every captive freed Every chilling behind Have you ever seen such a beautiful sight? All the world coming alive
Yeah. 
You know, I am so thankful that we get to worship together every single week. Um, I always find it amazing just to be with other people in my home, or maybe you're joining with your connect group today and, and just worshiping God and praising God. Let's not let the significance of that pass us by. Let's not just move on to another part of our service here today and lose the significance of what it is to worship God. You know, we're going to be praying for some of the prayer requests and, and really just, this is a continuation of just pouring out to God what the needs are in our community. And, and there's requests that come in every single week and we're praying for them on Sundays. Of course, we're praying for them on Thursday mornings, on our prayer mornings at 6.30 a.m. We would love to see you there. We would love to see you join in with that. But if you have a prayer request um, that you need prayer for, we really encourage you to submit that at slatechurch.com prayer. We also want to make sure that you're submitting praise reports because we want to thank God for what he's doing. But know that you are not alone in your challenge, that the God you were just worshiping, the God you were just pouring out to, the God that you were just praising and declaring his name is a God that sees you, who is in your circumstance. He knows what is going on and he is all powerful and almighty and we can trust him. So I just want to encourage you with that today, church, as we go into this time of praying for some of the needs in our community. You know, this week we're praying for, uh, someone's praying for the safe pregnancies of, of many pregnant moms in our community. We're praying for motivation for someone to be able to study during this time praying for students and teachers who are going back to school in September and, and the changes that are coming in that direction. We're praying for provision of finances for someone that they can, can continue to pay off their debt. We're praying for peace in someone's family. They've had some struggles with their relationships during this season and, and they just need peace. And you know, maybe you are one of the people who wrote down one of these. Maybe you submitted one and I didn't read it out loud right now. Or maybe you just have a need in your heart, in your family, in your life, in your circumstance that you just need God to fill. Listen, we are going to pray together, whether I spoke it out loud or not, and believe that God is going to work. So if you have a need, why don't you just reach a hand towards your screen right now, just symbolically saying, I'm going to release this into an all-powerful God's hands and just allow him to work in it because I can't do it on my own. So why don't we pray together today? Jesus, we thank you that you are all powerful, that you are good, that you love us and you care about us and you see us in our, our, our situation, in our time of need, Lord. And it says in your word that you are our constant help, our present help in time of need. So God, I just pray over these prayer requests today. And I pray that you would move miraculously in situations, Lord, that are being faced in our homes, in our workplaces, in our city and across the world, God. We just pray that you would move in a way that only you can, Lord. You know every intricacy, you know every detail, Lord. And we choose to release it to you today, God. We recognize that we can't do it on our own. And we pray that you would work in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Well, listen, we're also praising God and we're thanking God for the things that he is doing in our church, in our lives. Here's just a few praise reports that came in. Someone is thankful for their friend's recent pregnancy announcement. Someone's thankful for generous friends, thoughtful roommates. Someone is thankful that um, they have had financial provision in this season with having little to no income. 
Uh, someone's thankful for the upcoming worship nights. I'm so excited. I'm going to give you some more information about that in just a moment, but I am so thankful for that too. I wrote it on my calendar in big letters because I, I still have a paper calendar with the digital because I am so pumped for it. Uh, and listen, someone is thankful for Slate Church during this time. I am as well. We have so much to be thankful for in our lives, don't we? And I'm glad that we get to thank God for that. Well, listen, welcome to Slate Church. Uh, wherever you're tuning in, we are so glad that you have chosen to do that today. If you're with your connect group or maybe you're with your family or friends or there's someone else around you, why don't you say hello to them, uh, give a wave, say, how are you doing? And maybe you wanna text somebody as well, text a friend, text somebody you know, just send an encouraging word um, and just say hi to them today. I'm gonna give you a minute to do that now. Awesome. Well, what would a Sunday be? What would a service at Slate Church be without us talking about generosity? This is such a value of ours. It is something that is so core to who we are, and we are excited to talk about it today. So I'm going to throw it over to Jared, and he is going to talk about that with us here. Well, hey, let's talk about generosity. Why don't you look in Colossians 3? We're going to read verse 23. It says this, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. I love this verse. It reminds me of all the things that I do in my life. Do it as if it's unto God. Don't do it as if it's unto a person or unto a place or whatever's in front of you. Work at things diligently as if it's unto, unto God. And in order to work at something as if it's unto God, you actually have to be doing the thing. Do everything as if it's unto God. And so today I want to challenge you. Are you tithing? Are you giving the first fruits of what God has given you back to him, back to his church? The Bible talks about it all over the place today. In order to do something as if it's unto God, you actually gotta be doing that thing. So when it comes to our generosity, are you tithing today? Are you giving to God's church? Are you looking to see, God, I wanna take what you've given me, I wanna give it back to you and just release that and trust you with it. That's kind of the first thing in this. The second thing is if you are tithing, if you are giving back to God's church, if you are doing the thing to do, are you doing it as if it's unto God? Are you doing it kind of begrudgingly? Are you doing it half-heartedly? Are you doing it kind of lackadaisically? Are you just sort of like giving back to God's church with just sort of uh, an obligation or without expectation? Or are you giving with a heart of generosity that says, God, this is actually unto you. I'm excited about what you're gonna do with this. I'm, I know you're gonna use this thing. I've got, I've got faith for how you're gonna use this. I'm excited about how your church is gonna use this to further uh, the, the, the sharing of your gospel, of your truth to this city. Are you giving with an expectation? So as we're generous today, and this, this applies to our tithe. It also applies to our offerings to the church above and beyond what we give as tithes. And it also applies to our generosity to the people around us in our life. Are we doing it as unto God? Are we being generous with joy, uh, with a good attitude? If God was to walk alongside us as we're generous, are we doing it in a way that is honoring to him? Are we doing it in a way that is glorifying to him? Are we giving, are we generous as unto the Lord with, with passion and with expectation today? Uh, again, can be really easy to not do that thing. That's why we have a moment like this to encourage you to say, hey, let's be generous as a church. Let's give with expectation. Let's be obedient in our tithes and in our offering today. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for it today. I'm going to pray for you today. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to give 
to your church, for the opportunity to give back to you, to say, God, thank you for all that you've given me in my life, and now I wanna be obedient and give that back to you. God, I pray that as we give today, we would do it as if it's unto you. <laughs> it is unto you. There's no way of getting around that. And so I just pray that we would give unto you today, God, with a joyful heart, with cheer, with expectation as we release what you've given us back to you, knowing that you're gonna use it uh, to, to further your church and to reach many lives with your gospel. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you and ask all of this in your name. Amen. Are you ready, kids? We have a camp week coming up for you. This is gonna be from August 24th to 28th, and obviously, based on my great acting skills, there are some pirate treasure hunt themes to this, and it is going to be such a fun week. Listen, parents, we have all the information for you at slatechurch.com slash camp week. So make sure you head there. You'll know what's happening. You'll know what's going on. But we would love to invite you and your kids to take part in this camp week at Slate Church. Also, as I said in our praise uh, praise reports and our time there, we have a week of prayer and worship coming up. And in that week, we have our three worship nights on August 25th, August 26th, and August 27th. You do not want to miss out on these nights. We get to gather together in person, following all of the regulations and guidelines. Our, your safety is our priority as we meet together, but we get to meet together and we can't wait for it. So to get more information about this, go to slatechurch.com slash the week. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Make sure you go there to register as well. We do need to register. We do have a cap on how many people can attend each night. So make sure that you are registering for this. We can't wait to gather together. We can't wait to worship together. It's going to be such a great time. You're going to get all your information one more time on slatechurch.com slash the week. Can't wait for this. So we have a lot of great things coming up. We have a lot of things happening as a church as we move into a, a new season and it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait for the things coming in the fall as well. But today, we also have a fantastic message that's coming at you from Pastor Brandon. And I just can't wait to hear what God has shown him this week, what God has laid on his heart. It is always a pleasure to hear from him. I always have such an honor that I get to be led by him and to lead with him. And I know that you are going to be impacted by this message today. So prepare yourself, get ready, pull out a notebook, pull out a pen, pull out your phone to take notes on, uh, get zoned in because we are going to have an awesome, sermon today. Hey church, how's it going? Uh, what a what a great time. Is it just me or is is my uh, it just looks like my eyes are dark. Like I think they're going I don't you see like I don't know. You're just You see if I do it like this then it's um Emma's been saying that I need my haircut. I don't I don't see it. I'm gonna go get my haircut right after this. But for real. You look great. Alright, well, maybe I'll just do this. Hey church, good to see ya. It's so um it, it's it's so great to be gathering together digitally. Of course, this is not our uh our preference. Uh although we're starting to see a lot of opportunity in it. And so while maybe it's not our preference, maybe God's just been setting us up for something we need anyway. You know, 
Um, when we gather to together on Sundays, it's uh, it, it's apparent that God is still moving in our church, even when uh, maybe we're distracted by the kids uh, that are playing around us. You know, for us and our family, uh, we always have the kids playing around us during uh, during the message, and that's okay. But you know what? I've been seeing that God's been moving in incredible ways, and. Uh, you know, it was actually last week that uh, God just moved so powerfully in, in our house where we were singing that song, A World Outside Our Window. I don't know what the set list was for today before I started preaching, but um, I love that song and it's been impacting me at such a deep level because it's so timely in a world that was um, in a shelter in place state for so long to really believe that, hey, there's a world outside the window right now, wherever you're watching, there's a world outside your window that desperately needs to know the love of Jesus. And uh, it's a love that so many of us, maybe uh, some of us haven't uh, received that love yet, or we haven't um, chosen to follow that love of God. And we're going to talk more about that today. But for those of us that have, it's that love is what, what has benefited our lives so incredibly much. And that's why we do this. This is why we're doing church online. This is why we're um, emphasizing it. It's why we need to share this. It's why if you have been meaning to invite somebody and you haven't done it, like you just need to send the text, you know, because at the end of the day, God can even encounter us in our house. And uh, I'm really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak a message today that is uh, still in our home blind series. I'm loving this home blind series. Home blind is this idea that sometimes we live with stuff in our house that um, that's been there for a long, uh, a long time, and we mean to fix it, but we just kind of live with it because it just becomes part of our surroundings. In fact, we just become, as the Swedes say, the Swedish say, uh, home blind to um, maybe that, that dent in the wall that we wanted to fix or the paint that wasn't quite finished or the whatever else it might be. And today we're gonna talk about the idea that sometimes we can, we can, we can become so home blind to community and our need for community as those of us that follow Jesus, but also maybe you're just watching and you don't, you don't even know who Jesus is yet. And you're just like, yeah, maybe I become home blind to my need for community in my life. So today we're gonna to find ourselves in Acts chapter 16 and 17. I'm gonna be jumping around a little bit. I'm not gonna be jumping around a whole bunch of scriptures like I did last time. I'm gonna be staying in one story and I wanna pull out some lessons for us today. Why don't we pray and then we'll get into it. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are, what you're up to in our church. God, the best is yet to come, we believe it. I'm just, I'm, I'm very excited for week after week, the developments that are happening behind the scenes. God, I'm really excited for the dreams that you're placing on our hearts. God, I'm really excited for what you're um, doing and what you're going to continue to do in our church. And so God, I pray for everybody watching right now that uh, you would impact them, that you would open up their hearts to what you have to say to them today. And Jesus, I pray that uh, with what we receive today, that we would actually use it to go and spread this message of hope and love in a world that desperately needs it. We pray this is in your name. Amen. I still think something is wrong with the lighting. I, if you if you were wondering what was happening at the beginning of this video, um, and you're probably like uh, like tuning in, like, oh my gosh, they put the wrong video in. Like they didn't they didn't cut it. Like did they realize that they they kept that in there? That was completely on purpose. Okay, this is this is how I want to start actually uh, this message today. Because honestly, um, moments like that are like a car crash. Again, for some reason, I've been at the scene of a few different car crashes. And uh, one time I was at a restaurant 
and off to my right through a, an intersection, somebody got T-boned. It's uh, it was it was like you could hear the the sound of the the wheels sque squealing. You could uh, hear the um, the impending uh, accident that was about to happen. And you look like when a car accident's about to happen, you hear the sounds. You look, and it's like you can't take your eyes off of it. As much as you don't want to see it, you're like, oh, you know, and 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 you and you watch it, and you're like, oh man, this is so, oh, that sucks. And especially if nobody gets hurt, you're like. Oh my goodness, like this is awkward, but I want to watch it because it's interesting, you know? And it, you know, it's a little bit like uh, the beginning of this film where some of you were probably even in the comments just a moment ago, like, what's going on right now? Like, did they realize they put this in there? You know, I, I, I want to talk about the, the cringeworthiness of community a little bit today, okay? I want to talk about the cringeworthiness of somehow, sometimes how we, uh, so we, we so desperately need community, yet so. For so many of us, we like somehow like in such cringeworthy ways, like mess it up all the time. You know, I, I think there's so many times where we want to do what's right. We want to have um, people around us, people mentor us, people whatever. But for some reason, we just can't come to terms with um, with with actually allowing it to happen in, in a healthy way. And for some of us, we're just like. Um, over and over again, almost like sabotaging our own relationships around us. For some of us, uh, we, we just like watch other people that sabotage their relationships. And truthfully, there's a little bit in the message for both of us, uh, both both sides of that today, because I want to talk about relationships. And that's not just all I want to talk about. I don't want to just talk about community because I think the passage that we find ourselves in today relates to just more than community. You see, community is something that we need, but so often we mess it up because we want mentorship and then somebody mentors us and then we get upset with them for mentoring us. Mentoring us. For some of us, uh, we want uh, people to speak truthfully to us and then they speak truthfully to us and then we don't know how to, um, how to handle that. For some of us, we know the importance of community, so we invite people into our social circles and then all of a sudden they're at our house and we don't know what to do. You know, for some of us, we know that Jesus says that the world outside our window will know uh, who I am, who Jesus is based on our unity for one another. But it seems like every time you get around a Christian, another Christian, another brother or sister of the faith, it's like we, for some reason, we just can't get it right, you know? Find, we find ourselves in Acts chapter 16. It's not like a, a, a particu particularly like very community focused passage, but as you'll find even through this passage, Everything within our faith, all the stories in the Bible have to do with community and relationship. Even when it's not directly speaking to community, there's community making that happen or the story is necessarily about community. And we pick up the story where a guy named Paul, who wrote two thirds of the New Testament, our part of the part of the Bible that looks back on the life of Jesus, he's with a guy named Silas. And it says, on Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. First thing I want to speak on when it comes to community is we need to begin to expect interruptions. I wonder if you're the type of person that absolutely hates interruptions in your life. I wonder if you're the type of person that tries to schedule every part of your life so that there is no interruptions necessary. It's interesting because while community is something that nobody would disagree that we need, it's actually something that we, um, we, we dislike when all of a sudden it interrupts what we have expected. You know, for me, um, I, I, I can honestly say, like, if somebody stops by my house, I'm like, you know, who, 
who's stopping by my house? Like, I mean, they're, they're interrupting my, like they're interrupting me watching YouTube videos. Like what's, what's going on? You know, for some of us, when somebody calls, we're like, I see this all the time. Somebody calls and uh, it doesn't matter who I'm around. Like 90% of the people say like, should I pick it up? And it's like at one point in, in the history of the world, believe it or not, I'm old enough to remember that we had like a phone on our wall in our house, okay? It had this like long cord. And the longer the cord, the better, because then you could go into other rooms and have conversations without everybody else hearing, okay? And so we had this like crazy long cord uh, on, this, on this phone on our wall. And every time that phone rang, it was like a party was being thrown in our house. Everybody like ran to answer the phone. Who's calling? You know, this is before even caller ID. It's like, it could be anybody. It could be the prime minister of Canada. Now for some of us were like, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't do anything for me. I get it. It could be somebody, like who knows who could it be on the other side of the phone and we would run and we'd pick up that phone and no matter who it was, it was like, somebody wants to talk to me. This is amazing. You know, at one point we would go to the, the, the mailbox and you know, you'd receive a letter from like a grandparent or from me, I would always get these letters for my birthday from one of my uh, grandma's sisters. And uh, you know, I was always so excited to read it. And it's like, all of a sudden fast forward like 20 years of my life. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, somebody's calling us like, should, should I pick up the phone? Like, you're like, like consulting with everybody around you. It's like, it's like your, it's like your wife. It's like, should I pick up the phone? And everybody's thinking like, man, did they do this with me when I call them? Like, is this such a hard thing to do to just pick up? And it's like, we don't like being interrupted in our lives. We don't like um, an, an interruption in what we had expected for the moment. I think it is nearly impossible to do the will of God, to follow the will of God, to um, build the type of community that Jesus wants for us if we're not willing to invite interruption into our lives. In fact, we need to get to the point uh, where interruption isn't, um, isn't, isn't um, uh, 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 hurting what we expected, but we're actually starting to expect interruption as one of the ways that God's going to build community in our lives. You know, some of the best relationships that I've found in my life have resulted from moments of interruption that I didn't expect. I've started to expect God to interrupt me with community so that we can actually um, uh, build the kind of uh, community that God is asking for us. You know, you're never going to be able to reach people with the good news of Jesus if you're not willing to be interrupted by people at the grocery store. Now, I know it's a little bit more difficult with our masks and all the rest. I get it. But are there other ways in our lives that we are starting to learn to expect interruption so that we might actually reach the other people there? See, community relies on the expected interruption of our daily lives. And these guys are gone on their way to pray. Paul and Silas are on their way to pray. The followers around Paul, they're just going to the river to pray. We just want to pray. And all of a sudden there's a gathering of women and Paul knows what he needs to do and he needs to have a conversation with them. Because for Paul, everything in his life was an opportunity to share the love of God. Everything around him was an opportunity to shine brightly what God was doing and rearranging uh, for him on the inside. Everything around him was an opportunity for him to speak of the gloriousness of who God is and how Christ, his Savior, redeemed him when he was unworthy. Everything in his life was a moment that could be interrupted and he began to expect the interruption because God moves in the interruption. 
I can't imagine if Paul showed up to the river that day and he's like, I got to get my prayer time in today because I got the gym later. I've got to hang out with my friends later. I've got family later. Of course, I got to get in my, my meals later. I've got a, a, a message to prepare that I got to speak to the church in Philippi. I've got some writer letters to write. I've got that noontime uh, coffee appointment with Luke and all this different stuff. And he sees a woman gathering and he decides not to inter uh, not allow that interruption to interrupt what he had expected. We might not have the story that precedes it. And the thing is, is that I'm not saying that, you know, you need to live your life with no calendar or anything like that. They had planned to go pray. But in your planning, are you leaving margin for the miracle? Are you leaving margin for what God wants to do in the people around you? You know, we've become such an individualistic society that we don't want anything to interrupt our lives because it's going to interrupt the way that we think God wants to use us. And so we overplan our days. We overplan our lives. We overschedule our time to the point where there is no margin. And if something interrupts what's going on in our schedule, it's thrown off our entire days. And now we're filled with anxiety. And yet God is going, hey, the entire day is focused on you. Do you mind if I interrupt you for a second Second, with something that's not you, that's something that's actually for somebody else, for something that's uh, actually going to build into the life of somebody else? And so God is ask, is expecting that we would expect an interruption in our lives so that he might bring people across our paths that we might actually be used to reach them with the love of God. What an incredible idea to make margin for the miracles that God wants to use. You know, there's nothing more awkward or cringeworthy than somebody that wants to be used by God, but never wants to be uh, in, in uh, a community or interrupted by the people that God wants to reach. There is nothing more cringeworthy about community than somebody who says, God, use me, but just don't use me to, use, uh, to, to reach out to people I don't know. God, use me, but God, please don't use me to be in conflict with anybody in my community. God, use me, but God, don't use me in, in a way that's going to cause me to be interrupted from what I've expected and, and planned in my day today. You see, Paul welcomes the interruption, and it says that one of those listening and that woman, that uh, the, the gathering of women that was there was a woman named Lydia. Now, Lydia was a businesswoman, and she, um, uh, she was from a, a city that um, and and, and, and uh, worshiped a God there. But it says that the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Then she and the members of her household were baptized and she invited them into her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Well, what happens next is Paul and Silas come across this girl. And this girl can tell the future. She's a slave girl. And uh, as a slave girl, she's making her owner's money because she can predict the future. She's following Paul and Silas around and she's just yelling random stuff at them. True stuff, but she's yelling stuff at them. And sometimes we need to realize that we can speak true things with the wrong heart and we need to be delivered from that at times, okay? So Paul and Silas command the demon that's in her that allows her to predict the future. Um, and and, and they, they, they actually cast the demon out of this girl and the owners get so upset that they actually bring Paul and Silas before the, the leaders and say, hey, like these guys have totally screwed up our business here. Start making up a whole bunch of other stuff. And it actually ends, Paul, uh, it ends with Paul and Silas um, being attacked by the crowd. In verse 22 of, verse 16, or of chapter 16, it says, 
when the owners of the, uh, sorry, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. They ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Hey, sometimes being in community, being around others is going to result in things that we didn't expect. I'm not talking about being in community. Well, actually, it, it applies to being in community with those that also call in the name of Jesus. But one thing that God's been really showing me this past week is, is this analogy. And we see that Paul and Silas have just done a great work. I mean, they delivered a girl from a demon. We don't know what else the, the demon was doing inside of the girl. But we know that they delivered her. And I mean, this is a great act. I don't know too many people that have delivered demons out of people, okay? And uh, it, it's right on the back of this strength that all of a sudden they have the wind knocked out of them. They are severely flogged and thrown into, into prison. This, this imagery that I shared even on social media this past week of getting the wind knocked out of you, I think is such a, an important imagery. You know, I played hockey for many, many years and I was taught one thing by my dad. Never, ever lie on the ice with an injury. I don't know if it's because he didn't want to be embarrassed by all the other kids that were doing that, but I think he was trying to teach me some sort of resiliency where sometimes we think that something is going to knock us down. We actually have more strength to get back up on our feet and, and move to a place of safety than we even realize in ourselves. I think it's a message that would preach inside of the message that I'm trying to preach today, okay? And uh, he said, you know, you better never lie on the ground. Well, I broke two arms on the ice, two different occasions broke my arm, I was able to skate off. I've had different injuries, hurt a leg, everything else. Every time I was able to skate off the ice. You know, there was one time I wasn't able to skate off the ice and it's because I was hit the wrong way, I was winded and I couldn't get up because I thought I was dying. If you've ever seen somebody get winded, this is a terrible experience to see. I mean, it looks like they're dying, they think they're dying and it doesn't matter the kind of athlete they are, all athletes that get winded react the same way. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm dying. You know, one of the things that God was showing me and just speaking to me this past week is that just because you sustained an injury, just because you sustained something like getting winded doesn't mean you're a bad athlete. In fact, many good athletes will go to the bench after they've been winded. They'll sit on the bench for a couple of seconds and they'll get right back out at the same speed they were playing before because they realize that it was just for a moment, something unexpected hit the wind out of them, but it didn't mean that they weren't strong enough to continue in the game. Listen, coronavirus has knocked a lot of us one way or the other. Some of us are doubting our parenting because the way we've been parenting through this. Some of us are doubting our leadership in business. Some of us are doubting our leadership in the church. Some of us are doubting our personal habits. Some of us are doubting our faith in God. Some of us are doubting our friendships and community. And I just wanted to tell you that if coronavirus has winded you, it's time to just give ourselves a break and realize maybe you don't need to analyze all the things that have gone wrong in your life. Oh, am I a bad leader? Have I not sharpened up enough in this area of my life? Am I a bad parenting? Do I not have the bad parenting, enough parenting? Listen, hardly anybody in our world has faced the kind of thing that we were going through and are still going through. And we just need to realize that maybe we just got hit in an unexpected way. Paul and Silas are doing the work of God. And then they are, from doing something really good, all of a sudden swept away by an angry uh, by an anger crowd, they're beaten, stripped, they're flogged, and they're winded in, in, in this situation. 
But do you notice that as we continue, and you'll notice it, as we continue to read this passage, Paul and Silas don't allow the windedness or the fact that something unexpected happened to take them away from the calling that God has placed on their lives. In fact, let's see what they did. And you don't need to feel guilty that this wasn't your response. You just need to realize that the response, uh, you have an opportunity today to respond differently than you've been responding maybe the past few days or maybe the past few weeks, or maybe even the past few months, there's an opportunity to respond differently because Paul and Silas are thrown into prison. And it says after their, their um, feet are fastened in the stocks, it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Man, if I'm thrown into prison for doing stuff for Jesus, man, it's going to take me a long time to recover. I'm just being honest. And I've seen myself in coronavirus. There's times where I got winded. I mean, I got the breath knocked out of me. There's times where I wondered, God, am I cut out for this? There's times where I wondered, God, am I like just the worst parent in the world? Am I able to, like, am I only able to function as a healthy human being and when times are good? What about when times are bad? The true test of a man is brought out in times of trial. And man, the times of trial, am I like, am I a, am I a real man? You know, all of this is going on. I don't know if immediately after being thrown into prison, after being winded, by actually being flogged, if my first response is to turn right back to the person that maybe is responsible for me being in jail anyway, the God that I serve being responsible for me being in jail in the first time, and to turn back and actually start worshiping him. It's, 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 a, it's a wonder why, why these guys, that was their first response. And sometimes we got to realize that that's not going to be our response. But at some point, let it be our response. Let it be our response that we go out and say, you know what? I need the presence of God in this situation. I'm going to praise him anyway. If I find myself in freedom, I'm going to praise him. If I'm going to find myself in a prison cell, I'm going to praise him. If I'm going to find myself by myself, I'm going to praise him. If I'm going to find myself with a buddy, I'm going to praise him. If I'm going to find myself amongst a bunch of other prisoners, I'm going to praise him. See, the other prisoners were listening because they knew the state they found themselves in. They were interested interested and curious in this, in this place that they found themselves in. You see, what, what, whether or not you think that you're the only one in, in stocks around your feet or in the prison today, you need to understand that, that you're not the only one in that situation. There are many other people around you and they're listening because when you come out and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian today. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've, I've, you know, I've given my life up to him. When you say these things, people are watching. They're listening to what you're doing with your life. And I wonder what you're doing with your life. And I think that it is a blessing from God that Paul was thrown into prison with Silas. I think it was a blessing from God that Silas was thrown into prison with Paul. It is a cringeworthy thing when Christians are thrown into a prison cell together and because of feeling trapped up, trapped in and feeling shackled to the way that they find themselves and they're so tight, it is, it is cringeworthy when Christians start to complain about their situation or start critiquing their situation or start wondering why everybody else is in the prison cell and, and, and finding themselves in their situation. It is cringeworthy when people that call in the name of Jesus respond with criticism and complaining and critique when meanwhile, 
Meanwhile, our response should be praising God anyway for the position we find ourselves in. Listen, good community and the community that Jesus wants to see us find ourselves in says that where two or more are gathered, Christ is with them, why not have a praise party? Why not have a praise party in prison? Because even though we find ourselves here, I'm here with somebody else and it's time to start praising God because it wasn't even because of me that I found myself here anyway. I wasn't even doing anything wrong. I wasn't even, and even if you were doing something wrong that landed yourself in the prison cell, God knew you were going to mess up anyway. It's why he died on a cross, paid a price for our sin, and descended back up into heaven because Jesus Christ was God. God knew that we couldn't figure out our relationship with him on our, on our own and pay the price for the sin that we were living in. And so he came and paid that price for us and said, hey, listen, I'm going to pay this price so that you can come back in a relationship with me. It doesn't matter why you find yourself in the prison that you find yourself in. What matters is what you do with the place you find yourself. You find yourself in the place of the prison, it's, starting to, it's time to start strike up a praise party because it's going to release you from the shackles that have have, have, have locked you up and made you feel, feel constrained and all the rest. And it's going to free you to realize that what God wants to do through you. And not only is it going to free you up, but it's going to free everybody else up around you. It says, suddenly, as they were singing, there was such a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. The foundations of the prison prison were shaking. Hey, for some of us, we don't know how to stop complaining. We don't know how to start stop complaining about the community around us. We don't know how to stop critiquing the community around us. We don't know how to stop um, speaking negatively about the things around us. We don't know. How, you know what? Praise uh, in the prison, a praise party can actually shake the foundations of why you do that. I believe that they can shake your shackles off your hands, and I believe they can shake the sh shackles off the hands of the people around you. It says the prison was shaken. All, all at once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. I believe that when we enter into community God's way, everybody's chains can become loose. It's not just our chains, it's the chains of the people around us. We find ourselves with somebody else, and we find ourselves in a position like coronavirus or, you know, having to socially distance with people, which I think is the wrong way to say it, physically distance. Why is it that socially distance has been the thing that has still caught on even though we're just called the physically distance? It's because I really believe at times the enemy actually wants to keep us locked down in our isolation because when we're in isolation, it's where he does his best work. You gotta get yourself out of isolation. You gotta realize there's other people there with you. You gotta strike up a praise party and release yourself from the shackles that are on your life and the lives of the people around you so that we can begin to see God work through us. After the, everybody's chains came loose, it says the jailer woke up and when he saw the prisons, prisoner doors open, he was actually gonna kill himself. But Paul said, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Jailer called out for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas because sometimes when we're praising God, all of a sudden our captor submits to us and the things that were once keeping us captive submit to us because we've called on a higher authority. That which has you captive isn't the highest authority in your life. Jesus is the highest authority. That sin issue in your life isn't the highest authority in your life if you bring Jesus into the equation. All of a sudden, the one that had them captive is the one that is lying at their feet. And it says that, he says, what must I do to be saved? They reply, believe in the Lord Jesus 
and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house at that hour of the night. Second time we see this, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole family. Second time we read Lydia and her whole, whole family, the jailer and his whole family. Hey, I believe that God wants to save whole families. I believe that God wants to save whole schools. I believe that God wants to save whole communities. I believe that God wants to redeem whole nations. I believe that God wants to redeem the whole earth. Hey, if you're sitting there, you might be the only Christian in your family. You're wondering, man, how do I? I believe that God is alongside you in your fight to see their souls released to God and God saving them and giving them the hope that is in Jesus Christ. You're not in alone in your dream for your family to come to Jesus. I believe that God wants to partner with you in that. Here's what I want us to learn from the jailer and the, and the community that existed in the jail cell. To find community to live in, you need to choose your hill to die on. To find community to live in, you need to choose which hill you're going to die on. What do I mean by this? Paul and Silas were locked up by this guy and all of a sudden, he's there before him. Do you notice that Paul and Silas didn't take this time to point out all the wrong things that the jailer had done, but they saw an opportunity to actually um, relay the message and the hope of Jesus to this guy? I think for some Christians, we think that anytime we get into community with other people, that that's the time that God has, this is, a, this is the day the Lord has made. This is the time that God has called me to point out all the wrong things about the people around. I wonder if we had a salvation mindset about us. I wonder if we had a Jesus kingdom mindset about us, where sometimes the first thing that we attacked wasn't the way that everybody else is wrong, and you need to get on board with how I'm living, but maybe it's at the deeper heart issues that maybe even some of the people that we're critiquing don't even know Jesus yet. Or maybe some of the people that do know Jesus yet, and I'm not saying we don't talk about sin, what I'm saying is that maybe there's a deeper underlying thing going on that if we were just to love people into the kingdom, then God's going to do the hard work that we never could. You know, un, uh, unasked for, um, uncalled for criticism always sound, un, uncalled for um, feedback always sounds like criticism. That's the one. Here's the thing that we need to realize is that there is an opportunity all around us at all moments, whether we are in lockdown or we are freed to, um, to, to speak the words and the hope and the love of Jesus Christ to the people around us. Hey, community is really important. Sometimes we become home blind to the fact that we need people around us in order to actually um, uh, live at the mission and the ministry that God has placed on our lives. You might be called to ministry, but you can't do it alone. You might be called to ministry and the mission of God. You might be called, in fact, if you're a Christian, you have been called to go make disciples. As we learn in, John, or in, in Matthew chapter 28. But if you're go, called to go make disciples, it means you're going to have to actually interact with some people outside of the church. It means that you're going to have to actually love the people inside the church. It means you're going to have to love the people outside the church. You're going to have to actually expect to be interrupted. If you're calling on the name of Jesus and you want a, a movement of God, well, then maybe you need to turn some of your communities that were places of complaining and criticism and all the rest, maybe you need to turn those places and those prisons, because that creates a prison in itself, into places of praise. Maybe we need to see that there's a different hill we need to die on on this place, and we need to point to the hill that Jesus died on, which is the hill that we actually receive our salvation from. It said Jesus died on a cross for our sin so that we could come into relationship with him.
I want to give that opportunity to us today. If you're on the other side of the screen and you're going, hey, this is a message I never heard before. That God, Jesus, came and paid a price for my sin so that I could be in relationship with him. It's not based on what I do that I get accepted by him, but it's based on what he did for me. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's, you can't do anything to earn your salvation. You can't do, do anything to earn access into the family of God. Jesus has already done that all for you. All you have to do is commit in your heart that you're gonna believe him, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved as Romans says. If that's you today, I wanna to lead you in a prayer. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. And uh, if you're making this decision, you can actually in our chat, if you're watching live, you can actually um, click that and say, I wanna raise my hand, I wanna commit you can see it on the chat right now. I want to commit. I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, I want to pray for you. God, there's people all over right now, probably all over the world even, people um, all over Canada. There's, there, right now we're wrestling with what this means for us. For those of us, God, that want to make a decision to follow us, I could, God, I pray that you would come alongside us and establish in, in us and through us that, God, you've called us to a higher purpose. God, you have called us to be a part of the family of God. And all we have to do is do what we're doing right now, accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for this free gift. We pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, we pray in your name. Amen. In just a moment, Pastor Emma is going to come back up and she's going to give you some next steps for to take in your walk with God. So make sure you stay, um, stay tuned even after this message ends. I want to pray for anybody that's been struggling with community recently. I want to pray that we would find the wholeness and everything that God wants us to have through it. Okay, let's bow our heads. Jesus, I thank you so much for this message that you've spoken to us today. I pray for anybody that's struggling to just live in the community that you've called us to. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to welcome interruption. Help us to turn prisons into praise parties. Help us to know that not every hill needs to be died on. We're in community with a bunch of imperfect people. The most important thing is to point people to the heart of Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, church, have a great week. We love you. And uh, stay tuned on all of our social media channels because there's lots of fun stuff happening. Listen, if you just made a decision to follow Jesus, I just want to let you know that that is such an important and significant decision in your life. But that is not something that you now have to carry out and figure out and work out on your own. We want to make sure we can be with you every step of the way of that, that we can answer any questions you might have, anything you're uncertain of, what that actually looks like, what that decision means. Uh, for your tomorrow and the next day. So if you made that decision, we just wanna really encourage you to click the link in the chat to fill out a Connect card. Um, fill that out, someone will be in touch with you and we would love just to get to know you a little bit and connect. We also really encourage you, if this is your first time tuning in or you're new to Slate Church, or you just made that decision to follow Jesus, why don't you join us right after this call for next steps. There's gonna be a Zoom link jumping in there. Join us, meet some of the leadership, uh, uh, chat about what's going on. We would love to see you at next steps. It's really the next step that you need to take as, as you're joining in and leaning in to Slate Church. If you want to join a connect group or get involved at Slate Church, also you can fill out a connect card online. 
we would love to get in touch with you. Connect groups are a way to build community. As our church grows larger, as we're more spread out than ever before right now, we love to also grow smaller and being able to be in those connect groups, those small groups, it's going to impact your life. I love my connect group and I know you will love to find a connect group that's gonna fit for you as well. So make sure you're filling out a connect card to do that too. And Slate Kids, we have something for you following the service. My adorable daughter Kensington is going to be jumping on the screen in just a second to tell you to tune in to Slate Kids. So don't forget, don't miss out on that. What an awesome Sunday, what an awesome time we've had together. Maybe you're watching this on demand and it's Tuesday. What an awesome Tuesday it is with you today. Uh, so glad that you tuned in, so glad that you are here today. We love you church, we're praying for you. We are with you in this and we will see you next week. Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 Hi, Slay Kids. Say, Slay Kids is now. Slay Kids is now.
Oh, 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 oh,